Hello, ladies, gentlemen, non-binary individuals, and anybody else who decides to identify as anything else. Welcome to our show. I'm Coco Dove. And I'm Audrey. And we're the tea girls. The tea. Get into it. Hello, Coco Dove. Hello, Audrey. How are you feeling? I'm sickening, seriously. Technically. Um, technically. COVID's got my ass. But I'm so excited that we get to sit down, talk, have a little kiki. And I'm ready for episode two of our podcast. I'm so excited. And today we're talking about childhoods. Our childhood, stuff that reminds us of our childhood, anything Childhood. Childhood trauma. Childhood uh, memories. Get into, get into the trauma. Let's we'll get to all of to it. it. Get to all of it. I mean, to be fair, you know, whenever I hear the word childhood, I don't, all I think about is school. And for me, like, I, I was a gay ass hell child. Okay. And I will admit it to this day. And I like last night laying in bed. I like look back onto like how school was and I was like, damn, okay. It makes a lot of sense where I'm at today, but I don't know. Was there ever a moment in your childhood that you kind of sat there and knew where you were going to end up? Hey, I still don't know where I'm going. (laughs) I never knew where I was going to go when I was little. I knew that I wanted to be a star, but then I also wanted to be a paleontologist. So (laughs) I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. I thought I was going to, die before I was 20 years old, so I'm lucky to even be here right now. When I think of my childhood, I go straight to childhood trauma, and it's really hard to think of anything else besides that stuff, because it was so... That's all I thought about. I, like, I'm hyper-focused on my childhood trauma whenever I think about that stuff. But I think of, like, nostalgic things to try to think of the positive aspects of all of it, so... Yeah, but I think the trauma also may, especially in the LGBT community uh, in our childhood, I think we all, we all have, a majority of us have the trauma aspect from our childhood. And I think it develops us to where we have the close knit, because I will say it, out of all the people I've made friends with, if they're not lesbian, gay, trans, bisexual, queer, non-binary, under our umbrella, I can notice that our friendship doesn't last as long as it probably could have if they were under the umbrella. And I think it stems from all of our childhood drama, or not drama. It's easier drama. to connect. Yeah, yeah, it's easier to connect because we can all sit down and relate, you know, yeah. about my mom. And you're like, yes, my mom. And we're just being able to talk about it. Whereas me and the white little Christian girl across the street can't <laughs> talk about moms because, you know, she's like, oh, your mom. And I'm like, oh. And don't get me wrong, though. I love my parents. And I feel like I got really lucky with the parents <laughs> that I have. I do think that they obviously didn't know what they were doing when they became parents, but neither did I when I became a parent. So I can't judge them for it, but obviously some things fucked me up a little bit, but I have forgiven them. I will never forget though, because I am a bitter human being, but I am a bitter human being. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I have, I love my parents. I really do. And they know I love them. It's just, we have different outlooks on what we see in this world and how we see this world should be treated. Yeah. So, and uh, there are a lot of people in our community that throw away their family members. And don't get me wrong. 
there's a lot of it's always vice versa as well you know our parents kick out some of the kids you know for being trans being gay it is a thing but it's also vice versa if you ever look at it it also happens vice versa where someone's like oh my mom doesn't agree with me i'm not talking to her i get it i'm here for it but like i can't i can't do that that's not in my dna to throw away my parents you know i love them to death and Although we don't see eye to eye on, you know, what I did as a kid growing up or what I'm doing now as an adult, but I'm not going to sit there and throw them away. Yeah. To be doing whatever I would fear they were going to do to me. I'm going to so, get you a t-shirt that says vice versa, bitch. Vice versa. Vice versa. <laughs> vice versatile. Well, I am not versatile. All right. <laughs> let's, so let's just get that. <laughs> She's a, um, a dom bottom. No, <laughs> that's a, how can you be that? She's I really want to, someone please DM me and explain how you're a Dom bottom because I still to this day don't understand. But okay, anyway, we're talking about childhood. We need we're to get childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's so, get off of that. <laughs> we'll so, save that for the next day. Audrey, speaking of childhood, how old are you? I don't know where I was going with that at all. I don't know either. Yeah. I thought you had a good one. Nope. I did um, not. I actually, that's a good question because I was trying to think yesterday the year you were born. So I'm 26. I was born in 95. I was born in 97. I am. I was so close. 24 and I will be 25 in March. 25 is a good age. Uh, It doesn't feel like it. No. Is there? Okay. So that's a good question. So in your childhood from now to when you were born, was there a age that you just like look at back at right now and you're like, oh yeah. That was it. I mean, that's going to continuously change. But right now, being 24 years old, is there an age that you were like, yeah. What age that was my prime. do I miss the most? Shit. Um, I don't know. I guess eight years old. <laughs> is there a reason? <laughs> I, I don't know why. I just know whenever I bring up positive memories in my childhood, when I'm explaining it to somebody, I always go, I don't know. I was probably like seven or eight years old. So I guess when I was seven or eight, it was pretty good time. So <laughs> no bills. I mean, <laughs> I didn't have to pay for anything. Our food stamps were always replenished. <laughs> so we had plenty of food in the house. Plenty, plenty. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my answer was 16. You know, I was, you were, a, I, I was never, and any of my friends listening to this will put their hands up and say, she's telling the truth. I was never rebellious as, well, now looking back, like I was a rebel, but like in the LGBT community aspect, but not like a normal teenager rebellious stage. So like I was a goody tissue. So at 16, like I started being able to sort, 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 She's to a do, stork. <laughs> start to do stuff. <laughs> and it was more of an adventure. I think 16 is when I started adventuring the actual LGBT community. Well, that's I when think. you started sucking dick. When you were 16. I don't know when that started. I don't know when that started. Ah. That, that's an ancient <laughs> memory. Um, even Jesus himself was there that day. Um, that's the second coming. Anyway. <laughs> second coming in that um, asshole. No, I had a so, child when I was 16. So I was very rebellious, obviously. I didn't really have any rules, though. So I don't know if I would consider that rebellious. My people that were raising me didn't really give a shit what I did. As long as I wasn't going to jail, they were fine. See, I thought that my family was normal when I was a kid. Okay, I thought what I had as a family was normal. And then when I started going to friends' houses, 
you know, I was seeing the difference in families and then I got married and like, I see different types of families and I'm like, whoa, my family is weird. It's crazy how <laughs> different people can grow up because you never really think about it when you're little, but you realize no. it when you're older, you're like, oh, wow. But just to give everybody a better idea of how we were brought up, give us a little rundown on your background and then I'll give a rundown on how I was brought up and where I was brought up. So I was brought up in two different, so I was born in Augusta, Georgia and where I was being raised for a while was a very rough neighborhood. Um, all I, I, all I can remember is we would always hear uh, ambulances and like cops late at night. Fun. Um, fun. Our front yard caught on fire twice. And in our backyard, there was this big ditch that connected like 30 houses and it caught on fire once. And I mean, big. Did your house burn so, down? No, 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 no. But we moved away. The school I went to, we got uh, about three bomb threats in one year. Uh, well, well, that seems kind of so, normal now. <laughs> <laughs> not in the 90s. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was a very rough neighborhood. So then we moved to the country, which is just across the pond, into South Carolina. And I went to we very country, little neighborhood, country neighbors, as well i went to a very country school so i was always i was always the not the outcast but i was the rainbow sheep because i'll never consider myself an outcast girl by the rainbow sheep the rainbow sheep the rainbow sheep because I, i've never heard I, that terminology before i'm gonna have to steal well, that <laughs> everyone everyone in there's like oh you have that black sheep in your family i was like mm, i'm not quiet i was the rainbow sheep i was in high school i was friends with every female I had like three just male friends. Just, the just I would go from one class <laughs> and be friends with the gongs, go to the next class, be friends with the preps, then go to the next class and be friends with the nerds. Like I was in every, I knew all the drama. I knew all of it. And you I went to Fox it. Creek, right? I, I sure did. So you had like uh, three people in each class, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it. The beginning at the end, it did, did not. Oh my God. But I, and I think about going back to school, childhood, uh, we'll get back to that. But that's, it. I would say I was raised country. And I think that really caused for how I treat people more differently now, you know? And it makes me want to get out of the country, being raised in it, being a different child, being a rainbow oh, sheep. Oh, for sure. Like, I really do Because that. I'm just like, I want to get away from it because we're, we're used to having to watch our backs. We're so used to being like, oh, Lord Jesus, you know, here comes that stereotype person uh coming my way they're gonna probably want to throw the t-word out there and kick your ass like. yeah if it's not the homophobic rednecks coming to get you it's bigfoot or something in the woods so like i totally get that so tell me a little bit about your upbringing so my backstory whatever i grew up on this itty bitty little farm area in saluda south carolina we raised cattle across the streets and then we had pigs we had cows and i already said cows i meant chickens it's both started with a c i got mixed up um religion wasn't a, a really big thing in our household it was never pestered upon us until i got older and told my grandparents that i was a witch and then religion got big because they wanted to condemn me and shit like that they didn't really give a fuck about my limp wrist but when I told them I didn't believe in God, at the time, they were like, excuse me, 
So I don't really talk about my religion nowadays because it's kind of shifted and changed and I don't want to piss anybody off. But that's how that was. And in school, our school was built in a cow pasture. And it was full of homophobic Southern people that will not get out of the cookie cutter box that they've been put in. We've had a couple of teachers that were from outside of the area that had more liberal ideas and beliefs, but obviously their opinions were shut down when something was brought up. I was always different. Um, I loved wearing colorful clothes. I loved wearing makeup. I loved just standing out and people didn't like that. So I was always a target. Yeah, I, I, that was the thing about school, which is my next topic in a sense was school, uh, our childhood being trans and whatnot. Um, in my, it was like, I was not a target, but especially in middle school, because from my whole middle school, for some reason, when we got into middle school, we had like the first beginning of the year, our lunches were normal. It was boys and girls. And then the class above us, I don't know, I can't remember to this day what they did to get us all in trouble, (laughs) but somehow they got us all in trouble and every grade had lunches separate by gender. By gender? Yes. So we had boys lunch and girls lunches. And I only had two male friends at the time who, to this day- They were fucking in a cafeteria. No. (laughs) They are, uh, we were the only gay people, quote unquote, you know, that have come- out of that school but we were the that's all who i sat with that's who i talked to and we got made fun of it but i think that was a great thing is because we were able to hold our heads high and be confident because we were all flamboyant there was no hiding it and we were just very confident in it but it sucked because that whole most of my friends all my friends are females you know especially in school and it was just like okay y'all are targeting me you're literally putting me in a situation with people who make fun of me and you're just putting me in that situation with them when I don't want to be there. Yeah, it was so, very much that with me when it came to physical education. Oh they would always try to put me in those, um, the football groups. Or what, like, what's it called with the flags? Is it called flag football or tag it's football? football. Like, girl, yeah, flag. Girl, you know I don't know about that shit. Anyways, <laughs> they always tried to put me in the groups to play with the boys. The and I would always be like no, I'm not going to play with the boys because they're going to kick my ass and make fun of me or not even include me in the game. So my gym teacher was like, all right, well, you're going to play with them or you're going to fail the grade. And I was like, I'm not going to do it. I'll sit on the fucking bleachers. And then mm-hmm. they were like, okay. And eventually they, they let me play with the girls. I I think she still failed me, but, <laughs> but she let me play volleyball with the girls. But I just I honestly just wanted to sit down and read a book anyway i didn't want to fucking do education physically i agree with you um when i was in high school i mean i went to a very small high school and um homeroom was by gender okay and i could not understand why it was by gender and i my freshman year they put me in a it was supposed to be by gender and by grade but my freshman year we had some sophomores in our homeroom and i won't forget one day they were harassing me and i walked home at this point and one of them said he said i'm gonna beat your ass after school 
that's a threat. So what do I do? I go to the guidance counselor because, hello, I just got threatened to get beat up. And she tells me sometimes you need to be the bigger person and don't complain because it makes it worse. Girl, I would have whooped your goddess castle's ass. (laughs) So (laughs) from that point on, I, which luckily enough, the only time I had to be in that class was on Wednesdays because that's when they did character ed to try to teach you how to be a better person. Which most of these character are bad people. I I've look, never heard of that before. Was that a- <laughs> it's the stupidest thing ever? Oh my god! And so I would I had me because and it was male teachers, so they put the males with the male teachers, the females with the female mm-hmm. teachers. And at this point, I had made a really good teacher who had all four years of high school, but this is the beginning. Who was around? I mean, she's not around our age, but she was like twenty four when she she just started. So it's great. Um. But I, it, me and the male teachers had an understanding that if I was in your homeroom, I wasn't going to be there. I'll come in and tell you I'm here, but I'm not sitting in this room with a bunch of boys. Because all that's going to happen is they're going to harass me, they're going to make fun of me, and I'm going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I don't want that. Because you're not going to do anything about it, because you don't care. So, I and I would. I'll be like, I'll come in Wednesday for this stupid little character, Ed. You know, I won't forget one of them. <laughs> Like my junior year, the only one I remember was asking for consent during sex. And I'm like, once again, this is something else I don't need. Cool. Because I'm not really this kind of... Because it was. It was a stereotypical male thing. They were like, yeah, you know, if maybe she's had a drink or two. And I'm like, oh my god, y'all really need to be taught this? Audrey raises her hand. And she goes, (laughs) Mr. Teacher, I'm not asking a girl for sex. I promise. And he's like, you always have to ask consent. And Audrey's like teacher no, no i'm not the i'm not gonna ask her they're gonna no. ask me they're going to ask me. <laughs> and it got to a point i have my favorite story i'm not gonna say this person's name so but i'm gonna say that it's a very popular gay person now but they were raised in the area in the community we were in when i was in high school i was dating this guy and I went to his house and we took pictures on an iPad of us kissing. I printed them out, put them on a binder. Okay. And I went to school with it and I was confident. And one of my bullies picked on me one day and he was like, who's on your binder? And I was like, it's my boyfriend. And he was like, ew. And like went off on me. And I remember being on Facebook, seeing a picture of this person and another gay, gay, gay person that me and you know. And I was like, oh, but how do you know such and such? And his face just turned pale. And I was like, yeah, you better shut the fuck up. She <laughs> he was I like, got you. I was like, because there ain't no reason you know this gay motherfucker and that no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Which I now always... this guy has, has three <laughs> kids today, but. Yeah, the kids are fucking stupid. And they're always going to be stupid. No matter what generation, there's going to be ignorant no matter children. And I hope we can figure that out. It, you know, they have this whole hierarchy or whatever that they try to develop in high school, and they think it's going to be with them when they get out of high school. But most of these people are going to end up gas station attendants forever. So, no. and most of them, like the ones in mine, like the ones that were there for me are doing well in life. But like the preppy ones, their life, they live life on Facebook. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. They, they have to keep showing. They're like, look Crush. at my children. Look at my eight beautiful Shut children. Up, Everly. God, look at Braxton and Everly, girl. Fuck your kids. Okay, but getting off of school. Go ahead. Okay, I had a story. My bad. Getting off of school real quick because I don't want to spend all the time on school. Uh, Thinking about trans people and childhood, I thought of this question last night. So, 
who was the first trans person you remember hearing about? It could be a celebrity. Actually, give me two answers. I want a celebrity and a normal person. So a normal trans person that wasn't a celebrity. And then the first celebrity trans person that you heard in the media. Okay. In your childhood, when you were a child. The Not first, today, obviously. The first trans person I heard of in general? That, like normal, like a normal trans person. And then, uh, you know, the media okay. put it out there. Hmm. <laughs> first trans person. Girl, I don't know. The first per- trans person I ever met mm-hmm. was Leslie Lane. And I've spoken, I think I spoke about it in the previous episode. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I remember when I met her for the first time, I was like, oh my God, her lips are so fucking pretty. I want to get my lips done so bad. And I told her, I was like, your lips are beautiful. And she said, they better be. I suck a lot of dick for these lips. <laughs> and that memory will always stay with me. But, um, shit. You want me to answer? Oh, and then I got it. Okay. Me. The first okay. trans person in media that I can remember off the top of my head um, is Quagmire's parent from Family Guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I did not think about that. I, think, I didn't know that until recently, though. Yeah. I didn't watch Family Guy growing up. That but. I can think of in the moment. That's all I can think of. Or um, the little girl from I Am Jazz before she had her own television show. Jazz Jennings. She, was she a- had, hold on. What was she famous for before? Because I thought she was famous for being trans and they put her transitioned on. Oh, no, she, she was famous for going to the bathroom at school. Is that correct? Yeah, because she was interviewed by Barbara Walters, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Um, so my answer, the first celebrity trans person I remember hearing about was Chaz Bono. Oh, yeah. Chaz Bono, for sure. And, like, I was baffled by this. And I was just like, because I didn't know, obviously, this sounds awful of me. I didn't know Cher had a child. So <laughs> when they was like, Cher's son is going under surgery for gender reassignment. And I was like, oh, Cher has a son. Okay, I didn't know she had a child. So it was just easy. I didn't know, you know, the person beforehand. But it was the first trans person when I finally grasped the concept. Because I remember them filming Taz coming out of surgery. And I was just like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's what that is. The first normal trans person that's not a celebrity. And I think a few people, if they were raised in North Augusta, can remember this person. There was this trans woman that worked at the gas station and Kmart. And I don't, and every time we would go, she would be there. And at that point in my age, it made me more nervous because people knew. You know, that she was trans and it was an issue at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, I, it kind of made me realize that she had a target on her back. Because if you said, oh, that, that, uh, what the time people used a word I don't like, which is transvestite, but that transvestite at Kmart, you know, they know who exactly they were referring to, which to me is a scary thing, which doesn't happen more nowadays. Because if you say, oh, the trans woman working at Target, you're like, okay, well, there's three of them. Can you please, <laughs> you know, first off, be nice. Second of off, you know, mind your business. But then it was a tab, like, a, a, not taboo, but it was more so of a thing where people talked about it. And it was a bigger issue than it is now. But it also made me realize, I was like, hey, she's gainfully employed. She's got a job. So, I mean, when I get that stage in my life, I know I can get a job. So Real talk. You ain't got to stop for money. <laughs> oh, but those were my first two. And I don't know. And, like, as we progressed you know there was more role models that helped me you know 
transition and feel comfortable. I think the first person I saw in media that made me go, yep, I can do it. They're doing it. I can do it, which I am not comparing that I look like this bitch because I do not look like her, not one bit. But Gigi Gorgeous was the first YouTube person that I followed. And at first, I was like, oh, yeah, I can relate to them. They, like, go outside the box. And then when they came out as trans, I was like, ah, okay, yep, that's what it is. So I'm very grateful. Although she doesn't really do much anymore. She just smiles and bees pretty and gets paid. That's pretty much what she did when she started, too. She just got titties now. No shade. That's no just shade. All she documented. I'm sure she did a lot more than that. Maybe, probably not. I don't know. No, she did. No, in her documentation, she did her face. So I know I said the first trans person that I met was Leslie Lane. That's the first trans person that I met that I knew was trans. She was open about it. But I do remember, now that I've been thinking about it, uh, me and my grandmother used to go to the flea market every weekend when I was little. Every Saturday, she'd make me a sausage sandwich, and we'd go to every fucking yard sale, and then we'd go to the flea market. And there was this person who had a store at the flea market, and she sold antiques and glassware and all that shit. And I remembered um, every time I'd see this person, I'd be like, whoa, they look so different. It was a very tall person that presented very feminine. She always had her nails done. I'm saying she because it's just it's what I got from it. They may not have been trans. I'm just, I assume that they may have been. They weren't open to me about it. But I do remember them being androgynous-ish to me. That was my first time seeing somebody that was like more out of the toxic masculinity Mm-hmm. cookie cutter the cookie cutter it was i think being out of the cookie cutter is an amazing thing and i wish people were more open to it. and i think we're getting there like it really one day we'll all look like we live at the capital on hunger games okay everybody's gonna have pretty hair and they're gonna have fancy clothes and then we'll be killing off the poor people <laughs> hide your money people there's poor people around <laughs> i love that video yeah. so much <laughs> um so r- random question because i have a random answer to this okay so childhood <clears throat> um is there a cartoon let me not a cartoon we'll broaden it a tv series that you as a kid it you just clicked with like you identified with it you were like yeah this is my show this is my life like this is me so, since my childhood was so blah, my only escape was these fictional worlds and shows and shit like that. I was obsessed with the 90s X-Men cartoons, which I spoke about in the last episode. But I was also obsessed with anything uh, Studio Ghibli and anything Pokemon and Digimon. I, um, I wanted to be a Pokemon master. I would always draw myself with my my own gym leader uniform on and all my Pokemon teams and shit. So that's where I escaped. Were you asking how to translate it? Because I don't know how to translate it. <laughs> I don't. I, my answer is not really translated either. But when I was thinking about it last night, I made it translated, and I was like, "Oh wow, that's really cool." Didn't think I could do that, but like that's also a good trait of me. I can switch anything to good or bad and make you see both aspects of it. My answer was uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary. Oh, Foster's <laughs> home for imaginary friends. And like thinking about it last night, because I loved it because like it made me feel like that's how I saw my friends list. It's like, you know, we were all different. 
you know? Mm-hmm. Not anyone in that TV series was the same. Everyone had a quality, a trait in them that made them unique, and it showed them for being unique and for being needed. And I just, I don't know, I really love that TV series. There was a lot, I watched a lot of cartoons. Um, I still watch a lot of cartoons. It's still my comfort. Whenever I'm having a really bad day, I turn on Pokemon. See, okay, that's funny, because when I'm having a bad day, but I didn't watch, like, I didn't, like, as a kid, didn't follow this, but, like, now I do, and it's Friends, and I, whenever I need, like, I just want to lay there, and I don't feel good, or I feel, like, homesick or something, I put on Friends, and that's because my my mom was watching Friends when I was a kid, so, like, I can go back to those memories of seeing my mom (laughs) watch Friends, and I just, I don't know, it brings back, but when I got really homesick when i moved from georgia like that first year i I couldn't watch it it made me so depressed for a while i guess but yeah you know how you connected your trans experience with foster's home i could kind of connect my experience with what i wanted in my childhood with pokemon because i really wanted to uh, run away from home and start my own journey And I wanted. I want to be the very best. I wanted to be the very best me I could be, and I always made sure my Pokemon team was all Water type Pokemon or all of the Pink Pokemons in the game. So no tea, no shade here. Um, I was baffled to find out that Pikachu was a female. There's all kinds of Pikachu's. But see, okay, but like when I was a kid, every time with Pikachu, you know, like, and people would miss like, be he, and I'd be like, she's a she, and like. Ash's Pikachu is a girl? I don't, I think, look. I don't don't, think he is. Don't cancel me, but I've never watched Pokemon. Girl, let me tell you a fun fact about Pokemon. Ash's Pikachu is not a girl, unless it's a tranny Pikachu, because girl Pikachus have Trainee. heart-shaped tails, and that one does not have a heart-shaped tail. Fun fact. Okay. Well, unless it's I a tranny. Right. I don't. I have never watched. <laughs> I did as a kid, and I don't remember. I that's one thing that I watched that like in that stage of childhood that you really don't remember. Mm-hmm. You know that you can look back at and like, oh, I had Pokemon cards, and like, yeah, I don't. I had Pokemon cards. I had cards. You know, and whenever I started regaining, um, like, ability to do stuff with those cards, they were not there anymore. There were these two characters in Pokemon, Jesse and James, Team Rocket. And they would... I do have Team Rocket. (laughs) They would um, go in disguise a lot to try to trick people into giving them their Pokemon and all that kind of shit. And whenever they would get in disguise, they would often cross-dress. And it always... I used to cross-dress when I was little. I'd put a pair of pants on my head, and I would be like, oh, this is my fucking hair. I'm a girl. And I would put the pants <laughs> in a ponytail because I would watch James get up on this TV and have titties. And I was like, oh, not saying the Pokemon made me trans, but it could have. Oh, yeah, the science behind it. Thanks I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's like a hidden message in every episode of Pokemon. I'm sure my aunt would say that Pokemon made me trans. Um... So you just made me think about something, the whole cross-dressing thing, which um, I won't get into the word cross-dressing, but I'm going to get into the back history of me. When I was in trying to figure myself, not knowing the word trans or what transgender was, all of that time, I would have my own little makeup. 
be putting on makeup, I would turn on the computer and get on Omegle out of all the safest places in the world for a child to be on. Girl, bad. I would get on you know Omegle. <laughs> and I would just live my best life lip singing, playing music, and just. Oh, not lip syncing on Omegle. <laughs> <laughs> I was having the time of my life. And, like, I won't forget, there, it, this happened a couple of times. I, one happened, and I thought I was in big trouble, but I got away with it. But w- I would always accidentally fall asleep with the makeup on, and I would have to get up and go to school in the morning. And, like, you want to talk about the fastest, like, rub down of a face is from when my mom's banging on the door saying, you got to get up. And I'm like, okay, like, scrambling to get this Girl, off She still got eyebrows on. Mm-hmm. Mama. There was this one time, though... I was playing around with black and white makeup. I don't remember why. And I put this black, what I thought was makeup, under here. I don't remember what it was till this day. Stained you. But it made it made me break, like, it looked like I had a burn. But it looked like, you know, how football players do that black thing? Under their eye, yeah. Yeah. So I played it off as that, or I think I played it off as a new type of soap that made me allergic. And my mom didn't make me go to school the next day. That was the best part. <laughs> She's like, you could stay at home. And I was like, oh, and Audrey's like, well, I'm just going to put on makeup every day. Shit. I won't. And my favorite thing is my mom, and she probably won't even listen to this, but this is my favorite memory. My mom, I was just still her makeup for the longest time. And then when I started making money, I was like, let me go buy my own makeup because she keeps saying, stop taking my makeup. Cool, Sherry. I'll go buy my own. So I went and bought MAC prosthetic stuff. Okay. Went and got a few good heavy duty stuff. And then one day my mom went to my room and found it and took it. She's like, you stop taking my makeup. And I'm like, Sherry, I paid $60 for that foundation. You're going to give it back. <laughs> she said, your Walmart ass makeup. <laughs> this is not your MAC cosmetics. You need to calm down. I, um... I mean, my mom knew. My mom knew. My mom knew. My mom knew. She just wanted that MAC cosmetics. So she didn't want she to wanted pay it. for it. I yeah. um, started putting on makeup. I don't even remember how old I was when I started stealing makeup and putting it on. But I remember going to school for the first time in full face. And um, so I would take my makeup to school. And then I would, as soon as I got there, I would hide in the bathroom and then put makeup on in the bathroom. So (laughs) my grandpa, who dropped me off at school, would be all pissed off that I went to school in drag. And then um, I got called to the office because I was dressed up like a woman at school. I had a wig on and everything. And they dry snitched on me and told my grandparents. <laughs> and my grandma told me, she was like crying at the time. It's before she knew everything. She's really good now and she accepts everything and she's very understanding. But this is before she knew any of that. And she was just crying and she was like, my grandson's a floozy. Because a it floozy. was very whorish makeup. I did not know what I was doing. I but- will forget <laughs> It, talking about grandmas, may she rest in peace. Whenever I came out as homosexual at the time, my grandmother looked me dead in my face and said, you cannot be a homosexual. And I was like, why? And she goes, because you are not clean enough. Because you're not clean enough to be a homo. Girl, you know how many dirty She's ass like, homos I know? She said, <laughs> gay people know what they're doing and they clean their houses and you don't. And I was like, oh, okay. She thought she was going to brainwash your ass into being straight. Uh-huh. And I mean, she. Oh, well, I am straight, <laughs> so it well, worked at the time. I should have how thought more f- about this shit. <laughs> As someone who has children, how do you feel about the way you're making their childhood? Do you think you're making it better than yours, or do you feel like 
I for sure think I'm making it way better than mine for them. Um, I'm giving them choices. And I feel like myself and my siblings didn't get a lot of choices. It was very like, this is what the hell you're going to get and you're going to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not tiptoeing around information for them. If they ask me a question, I usually will let them know. Like, if they're like, where do babies come from? I'm like, well, you know, a pussy. Um... (laughs) (laughs) I... And I, whenever... Like, when I started my transition, my son was two or three years old. And he already knew me as dad. And I, when I started transitioning, he was like, what's going on? And I was like, well, I'm going to be mom now. And I explained the whole spiel to him. And he already knew about gay people because most of our friends were queer. So he wasn't phased by that at all. And when I told him that I was going to be a woman, he was like, okay, cool. And he just started calling me mom instantly. And my daughter has always known me as mom. So I've never really had to explain that to her. But I'm sorry. You're talking about your kids. Hold on. This truck's passing by. Okay. Talking about your kids just brought this back into my head from Thanksgiving. With It was either your daughter or your son. <laughs> <laughs> Is she one of those trainees like mommy and I fucking <laughs> <laughs> I do have a bad habit of using <laughs> slurs around the house because I love the word tranny. And I I think the word I... is significant to me as a word of power. You know, you take back the word and you make it something special. And I probably should not use it around my children because <laughs> when they explain to people what I am, if they ask questions, they're going to be like, well, my mom's a fucking tranny. And then these people are going to think it's okay to say tranny. So I know I need to, to teach them better than that. But. That killed me that night. I was like, oh my god. I do apologize for my children uh, calling you the T word. No. <laughs> and it's fine. I think people, and I, I mean, you know, I hate that word. I will use that word here and there. I, I think the last time I used it, I was at work and I jokingly used it and I stopped and I was like, just so we're all on the same page, you cannot use that word. Yeah. I don't like that word. So I'm not going to use it, but I accidentally used it. Because it just rhymed with what I was saying. So, yeah, I kind of kicked myself in the butt on that one. <laughs> but, no, I I agree with you on the whole not sugarcoating things to children. That's one thing I... Because it makes like, it I taboo. It makes them think yeah. that it's, it's something weird that you don't need to talk about when you tiptoe about it. But I want to normalize these things for my kids. You know, all of the people that they're growing up around, all of my best friends are queer people. All of mm-hmm. their biological... Not I'm making it sound weird. They're other mothers, <laughs> friends. Uh, all of her friends are also queer people. Mm-hmm. So they've always been around people that are under all of these umbrellas. So I want it to be normalized. I don't, I don't want them to see these people and be like, ew. One day, Jackson yeah. came home from school. And he says that a kid was calling another kid gay. And he said that was weird. And I was like, what's weird about it? He was like... The other kids at school said it's weird when the boy likes a boy. And I said, well, you could tell them ignorant ass fucking kids that that is not true. And I, you know, went on a spiel about all of the wonderful men that we know that are with another man or all of the wonderful gender nonconforming people that are with other gender nonconforming people. And it kind of stuck with him. But yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have kids. I hopefully can fix that in the next five years. But, um, 
when we were there for Thanksgiving, me and Robert took uh, my sisters, my blood sister's oldest son, to go eat with us and then on Black Friday to the mall. Which, when we went sat down and eat for breakfast, he, I don't remember what brought up the word, but he was like, oh, wait, you're a girl? Dad was like, yes, I'm a girl. I was like, did he, I was like, did you think I was a boy? He goes, no, I didn't think you were a boy. I was like, then what do you think I was? He goes, I don't don't know. He goes, but you're, how are you a girl? And I was like, because (laughs) I said I'm a girl. And he was like, okay. This is your little cousin? No, this is my nephew. Your nephew. And he was like, yeah, he was like, so, okay, so you're a girl. And I was like, yes, I am a girl. And he was like, okay. (laughs) Audrey goes, wait, wait. Yes, I'm a girl. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, and I do think, because I think he did make a comment about my voice. And my voice is very much... I hate my voice. I don't like the way it sounds. I think you sound very feminine. I only brought that up because I have similar I know, experiences I know. with my little cousin. Um, we were there for <laughs> Christmas, or not Christmas, but Thanksgiving, and he made a comment to my fiance and was like, I know Jen's a boy for a fact, and talked about my voice. And I was like, I paid enough money for these motherfucking titties. The least you could do is call me a girl. I told you this a hundred times, and I'm tired of this because he was going to my kids telling them that I was their dad. And I was like, we're not having that. And it was mm-hmm, a whole thing. No. And I was going to leave early, but I know if I left early, my grandma was going to cry. So I decided to not be a, an emotional pussy. And I stayed there, and I just death glared at this child. Mm. I probably should Children. Like, children. I won't forget. my gr- May she rest in peace again. My grandmother, when she had, she had a brain tumor when I was younger and she had it removed and they shaved her her full head for this surgery. Did you call her a man because she was bald? No, I didn't call her a man. So (laughs) on the way there, um, my mom was like, okay, when grandma asks if she's beautiful, no, 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 it wasn't that my mom said, okay, when we get there, just tell grandma she's beautiful. You know, she, they shaved her head. So grandma's wearing a scarf. She has no hair. You may see her with no hair. Okay. She's still beautiful. And you're a kid. I'm like, okay, yeah, grandma's beautiful. (laughs) You get there, you're like, grandma's not beautiful? (laughs) So my grandmother asked me, she goes, is grandma still beautiful? And I was like, nope, not with no hair, you ain't. (laughs) Grandma, you know better. You know kids, as much as kids lie. And she was like, so my grandmother said, and she said it, she was like, well, at least you're honest. And I was like, you know, may she rest in peace. I I, I mean, I would still probably say the same thing because I was a kid. But, I mean, it's... The truth. I love her to death. Am I? And I miss her. Wow. So Audrey's bald phobic. I'm bald. My husband is bald. I take it back. (laughs) That's like, (laughs) you're racist. No, my best friend is black. No. (laughs) It doesn't matter. (laughs) That's always the go-to, girl. So I think that was a good summary of our childhoods and just random stuff about childhood and how it relates to being uh, trans. I hope all of you listening got some good tidbits and all of that rambling that we just did. It was fun speaking with you, Audrey. It was fun speaking with you. And if you're listening to this whenever it's finally posted, you should go check out our hopefully at this point up Facebook group page. Join it, like it so we can keep you in on the know and maybe once we get in there get help picking out different topics to talk about and questions that you can ask us yes and hopefully in the future we're going to be having some special guests and all that good jazz and all that shit 
So you never know. And if you also haven't listened to episode one, you need to go give it a click, give it a listen, and let us know what you think. Exactly. Until next time. Have a fantastic day. Have a fantastic day. Bye. Bye.